Hey there, and welcome to the memoir my dad wouldn't write. This is a limited series of conversations between a daughter and a father about the things that make us family and the items in my dad's 80 years that have helped to shape who he is today. You know, he's had this incredible life as a cultural worker, poet, professor, an activist, and mentor, but he wouldn't write a memoir. So this podcast is a way to get those conversations on to tape and to find out exactly what shaped this incredible and complex and far from perfect man that I love, Eugene Benjamin Redmond. If you've ever wondered what it would be like to be radically honest with your father and to hold no bars, well, sit back and enjoy. I think you're going to find this fascinating. The last time we talked, we talked about your father and before mm-hmm. that we kind of talked about your mother mm-hmm. and you know I was thinking this morning that it's almost like we're doing the character background development like if we were going to write your biography mm-hmm. that we are looking at the characters in mm-hmm. your life and then I started thinking about protagonist antagonist mm-hmm. so <laughs> mm-hmm. as we move to talk about your grandmother she was set up to be a protagonist in your life, but mm-hmm. <laughs> in some way she was antagonist. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. the first thing you told me was how quickly and set up is a good term because mm. and she was set up. You know, everybody else had a had a parent who was in their twenties and thirties, mm-hmm. and everybody our age and uh, my age. <clears throat> And you were nine. Yeah, and uh, and we had a we had a parent who was sixty five. Mhm. Mhm. And when you say we, who else went with you to her house after your mother passed away? Lenore and everybody, myself and all the th- the three younger sisters. The three. So Lenore. Mhm. Venessee. Well, in age, from the from the oldest. Under me, I was nine. Um, Alma Grace Redmond, <clears throat> mm-hmm. who was eight. Uh, Venice mm-hmm. Arlington Redmond, um, a.k.a. Vanessa, mm-hmm. who was six. And Catherine Jones, J-O-A-N, Redmond, mm-hmm. who was I think she was born in, born in 43, 44. Anyway, she was like four. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I remember <clears throat> is that she didn't remember ma- mom, mama, mm-hmm. because whenever we used the word mama or mother, her eyes just rolled back in the head like she was searching for the meaning of it. Mm. So she apparently hadn't grasped. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing that all the time. So she couldn't participate in the conversation. Although I would be able to participate in conversations about my mother. 
and for the thing is that just shows you just between memories mm. that astounding memory I had, mm-hmm. which I didn't reckon you know didn't recognize mm-hmm. but the whole idea of what I remember from three and four as opposed to cat as we call her my grandmother called her little girl mm-hmm. <clears throat> she just had she just had this vacuous look when you said everybody else knew who mama was mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but she just apparently had hadn't attached on to it enough when mama died to respond, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, to associate. Yeah, that, what's the, paralingually. Mm. She, she couldn't, everybody else could. Mm-hmm. So. Did your grandmother ever mention your mother? Or was it just like, uh, this is cut off? Hardly ever. New regime. Yeah. Hardly ever. Um, my father, she mentioned all the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, no. I guess, you know, uh, I guess there was no need. Mm-hmm. You know? She just took over. By that time, everybody had been diaper trained, so she had that, on, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, was moving up beyond diapers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the um, so I don't remember her talking about Mama, uh, you know. But <clears throat> people around us did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people around us did. So and uh, later on, people would say, "Well, you know, you practically raised your, raised yourself." Well, trying to put that together. The old, really? older women mm. who knew me when mm-hmm. I came into the world mm-hmm. would would say that. And uh, I thought, well, I had grandmama. I had my my big brother when he got out of the Navy mm-hmm. and all his friends and all the men in the church, the Hudlin brother's father, mm-hmm. he married late. Mm-hmm. I was telling uh his uh, son the other day, my insurance man, he showed my car insurance and renter's insurance. And I told him, you're looking more like your mother, ah, uh, your father, mm-hmm. every day. <clears throat> and I said, your father, you know, was my godfather, one of my godfathers. He brought groceries to the house and would take us places in the car. And I said, way before he, he married your mother. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, what are you? I said, 47. He said, oh. He said, that was 15 years before I got here. Mm-hmm. I said, no. And he, I knew he married late because people were talking about it, you know. And late would have been like 40 maybe or something. Right, right. 35. But um, anyway, I knew he, I knew it because he was, he would be single, you know. Now, what about um, your grandmother? Did she have friends, girlfriends? Yeah, she made them. See, grandmother oh, had come up behind my father. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get there. I'm going to just cut this off. My dad's cell phone is going off. That's, uh, that's Loretta. Let me just turn that off. Okay. Um, when you say she came up behind him, you mean he came up from Arkansas first. Right. And then she came next. Right. Okay. And um, she, uh, so, it was, it's, it's an interesting, 
it's an interesting topic because my grandmother had a scar running down. I had a picture of her. She had a scar running down her face, and I heard that she had been really a had been a hell raiser, you know. <laughs> and she As my grandmother drink. used to say, she was a good time and woman. Yeah. <laughs> she was. Um, she had scars. She used to drink, dip snow, dip snuff. Mm-hmm. I heard she smoked it. But this all came from out of our area because she moved up. Clearly, if she followed my father, she was very grown. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so it's almost like she came to remake herself. I, I suspect. Uh, well, probably. <clears throat> uh, I'm sure that was part of it. You know, I'm, everybody who came from the South. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good way to put it too. Yeah. Um, but she, uh, she always talked about uh, my father, and it seemed like she did had not a love hate, but a love distance relationship, mm-hmm. a love distance mm-hmm. and trauma and and place of hurt, mm-hmm. uh, hate. And that seesaw, love, mm. distance. But maybe that was it. The words you just said was hurt. Hurt. Maybe yeah. it was a love hurt yeah. relationship. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> they go together anyway. Right. But um. Mm. So, yeah, it was an interesting relationship. She always uh, complained about. Uh, it was hard to get obvious love out of her mm-hmm. except for little girl mm-hmm. you know for Catherine and I'm not sure about my about the sisters other sisters under me but it was not easy to see her express love now she always sent us a card every birthday she literally mailed it to us from the house and it came back to us <laughs> the very interesting yeah that's cute she's good I don't <laughs> put it in the mailbox Come back to her. She, everybody got a card from her, <clears throat> and it was long as she was uh, aware enough to do it. That was the way she did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the actual outward expression of love, more like maybe what I observed in Africa, where there may not be as much embrace. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, humans, uh, grown people embrace. You know, as a kind of an African embrace, but mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of like the statement in um, in uh, Fences, mm-hmm. you know, where the character played by Denzel and earlier by uh, Robert Earl Jones, so, you know, I feed you, um, I put clothes on you, mm-hmm. I do this. I don't have to fucking love you. You may not say you may not. <laughs> And it's, you know, can be confusing mm-hmm. to people listening. I understood it instantly. Mm-hmm. You know, because some people just don't show it that way. My grandmother was like that. So your grandmother was a subsistence kind of. Yeah. It was a subsistence yeah, version of love. That, yeah. And it I, was I'm, always I'm meeting something you just that, at your needs. And yeah. that's what I'm calling love. Yeah. <laughs> and so whenever. Uh, we weren't mine. Then she would. I I used to lay awake at night and hear it through the wall talking to these honorary children. You know, I'm going on there lying to those white folks, and you know they don't like it. They hate us anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm lying down, lying and saying I don't know where where their father is, 
and they won't mind me. And uh, mm. I learned so much from listening to her mm-hmm. for years. Whenever she'd be rocking on a chair and just talking to herself. And all I even have a poem about, it's okay to talk to yourself. Because people say, oh, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever talked to themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a poem. I never published it. But I was just exploring philosophically mm-hmm. what that meant. And that uh, it, uh, not, not do it. I do it. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it a long time. And you know, my grandmother did it too. I would listen to her getting ready to go and clean houses in the morning. Okay. And she would be coaching herself through her routine. Okay. And she would be chiding herself. Sometimes she'd say, oh, Lord, am I crazy? I'm about to forget my change for the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But you know mm. what? Your grandmother so, also <clears throat> clung to the church. Mm-hmm. as an assistant with her parenting, I'm assuming. And do you think that she also was using it as a way to, as part of her remake of herself, since she had been this, as you say, hard-hearted Hannah? Yeah, yeah. You know, the scar down there, the dipping snuff, the smoking, the dip, dipping snuff, chewing tobacco. Mm-hmm. Tobacco. Uh, yeah. She wants, <laughs> she wants, uh, uh yeah, I think um you know you know what's what's really strange is how much information we got, and there was nobody in her line except my father who um around as if where did that come from? It couldn't have been all those people on my mother's side, mostly light skinned people. What kind of information are you talking about? All the stuff I'm telling you. Oh. How we, how we got it. Oh, how you found out about her past. Yeah. And how many hmm. uh, how many husbands she allegedly had. We don't know how many. <laughs> and, um, she had lived. Yeah. Yeah, we don't, we don't. I don't even know where it came from. And um, so, so, But I know she used to come to our house because her daughter-in-law, let's see, would that be, not daughter-in-law, sorry, her, uh, another granddaughter, my father was married once before he married uh, my mother. Mm -hmm. His first, and he had a daughter named Myrtle, whom I uh, mentioned in the dedication of my second the book River of Flesh Bones and Flesh and Blood. Mm-hmm. Myrtle. And um the um, uh she she used to come to her house and I would go down to her house and eat chili during a re- during a lunch break at Washington School. She lived on Bond. So wherever we lived, she lived close to us. Mm-hmm. Myrtle. Mm-hmm. And she has a, now she has a daughter, and uh, it would be, she would be a niece of mine, who apparently is a principal in St. Louis, but they're relatives in St. Louis. Mm. We did go to her, to Myrtle's uh, um, uh, funeral visitation in St. Louis back in, uh, might have been, this might have been, 
late eighties, early nineties. Mm -hmm. Old family went over there. Mm -hmm. And so I don't. We out a natural, maybe a natural bridge, a natural bridge history county or something like that. Anyway, <clears throat> you, you and we do never remember met any of my grandmother's people. Okay. Never met any of them. Um, I know I, I know my father had a brother in Chicago. We never met him. Um, and uh, my father. That said, had aliases too. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. My mother, my grandmother's name was Quinn. My father's name was Redmond. So we, as we look back, you mm -hmm. know, to kind of construct a genealogical table, you run into some little challenges here. Mm -hmm. and there. But um, uh, so, so those, uh, mm -hmm. uh, it was it was full of uh, as I said, you know, the acoustics. And the, and the optics, and then the grapevine, mm -hmm. or the drum, you know. To construct this mm -hmm. whole person. Yeah. That that. Yeah. Kind of came into being once you were away from her. You got more of a full picture. Right, but even at that time, <clears throat> stuff was filtering in toward us. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to remember who came up from Arkansas. What did we get? The information about her being a uh, hell-raising woman and, you know, smoked and smoked and drank and, and chewed tobacco. That was really, you know, you were, and dip snuff. And, <laughs> she <laughs> and, wanted all of the carcinogens yeah, yeah, in every yeah. uh, delivery method available. Yeah. <laughs> I want to put it so, in between my gum, yeah. my cheek and gum. <laughs> I want to sniff it. I want to. I want to light it up yeah. and smoke it. <laughs> but but um, well, well, tell me this: Why do you think she chose Seventh Day Adventist and not Baptist? These other kind of more charismatic versions of Christianity that Black people are often associated with. Well, she rotated apparently, you know, across the. Uh, Sex. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like huddling. Jean uh, Allen Faulkner told me that she couldn't understand why huddling had become <coughs> Seventh-day Adventist. But later I read, read an article by Catherine Dunham and a Japanese colleague of hers, mm -hmm. Japanese-American colleague, and it was about the what happens to... Our, uh, to our black community, our, our communities, black communities, as they're weighed down, mm -hmm. you know, as they're weighted down, we're weighted down. And what what do we do? They say in the article, you, you turn to alcohol, you turn to. Um, fetish-oriented belief systems mm -hmm. and uh, uh, daddy grace, father divine type mm. people. Mm -hmm. uh, Messianic preachers. That's right. You get, uh, so anyway, I, you know, I read that, but I, I see, I mean, I see it. Like, like mm -hmm. Hockey said, you can't have a community built on churches and liquor stores. <laughs> 
you know, no, you can't. Uh, oh goodness. So, so that's uh, so. <clears throat> later on, that's what I thought. At the time that we were actually seven days finished going to church, mm-hmm. I knew the difference between us and them. You know, the Baptists and the Methodists mm-hmm. and the uh, the. Uh, uh, you know, Kajiks mm-hmm. and the Catholics. Mm-hmm. I knew that we were more um, we were more still people. Mm-hmm. No shouting, no loudness. You know, mm-hmm. no gospel, hymns, mm-hmm. the spirituals, and church was like school, mm-hmm. which I liked. Mm-hmm. You know. I think I mentioned already that the Sunday Adventists had a paced out the year. Mm-hmm. So by December thirty first, you had read the Bible through the entire Bible, and you started over. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> now, whether she—I don't know how she got into it. I, I, that I, you know, they said nobody was around us. Nobody. I never, to my knowledge, I never met. I never knowingly met mm-hmm. a relative of hers beyond my father. And why, like many of the people in the neighborhood, we never went south. Or people from south never came to us. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The rumors about, you know, trouble, mm-hmm. which was always afoot. They were just Every day there was some rumor about something that happened in the South. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody would come up and she just escaped the lynch mob mm-hmm. or going to jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so, anyway, that, that was now. Um, so, yeah, it was quite quite a life. But I, if I were to compare today to then. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody had a father. Even we had a father. We mm-hmm. knew we had a father. Mm-hmm. And it was very unusual when you when you saw somebody without a father. <clears throat> you know, it was like strange. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has a daddy. Mm-hmm. So um, that's an interesting contrast mm-hmm. with today. True. Yeah. True. Uh, <clears throat> so. So withholding kind of love, religiously strict. Yeah. And somewhat physically abusive. But maybe that's not what it would have been called at the time. No. But with my modern ears and eyes, when you tell that. it was. (laughs) Like, this is not good. And and you got the same (laughs) thing in school. Mm -hmm. In fact, there was one teacher, I remember, who who put a nail in his paddle so that it it protruded at the opposite end just a little bit. No, no. That's enough to sting you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so um, it was very, um, I talked to a friend, I won't call her name since, <laughs> but I talked to a very close friend one day and told her about this whole thing about my grandmother and my private and, and curfew and you just didn't get in the house. It was It could be five below. You didn't get in. Rosa Quinn's house if you missed the curfew. So why were you breaking curfew? 
to be to go do? to dances or just hang out? Yeah, out working or like I was, I'd be selling things or hanging out. You know. How old would how old would you say when this first started? When you first started to rebel yeah, in this way? Maybe about twelve. Okay. Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at the <clears> onset <throat> of puberty. Yeah. Yeah, you can say That's when you start to kind of mm-hmm. buck mm-hmm. against the rigidity yeah. that was going on there. And Lenora would let me in the window. In the <laughs> so, Sweet Lenora. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would, that would, um, she would let me in one of the bedrooms. And, and Lenora she, did an impression of your grandmother, and she said, I ain't going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When she, yeah. when you would say when you would want, try to get in, she yeah. would respond, "I ain't going to." Yeah. <laughs> and um, so yeah, it's uh, one friend said to me that God, she was a cruel woman, and I ne- I never really thought about it quite like that, mm. cruel, but it was, yeah, mm-hmm. it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was a very good friend, and she just said it right away. God, she was a cruel woman. And I told her about the scar, mm-hmm. you know, down in my genital area. And, um, uh, and of course, she wasn't intent to push me against a red hot, the red hot belly of a stove. So she, she pushed you against a stove. Yeah. And you have a permanent scar as a result right. of that. And it's grown all the way up. It's grown like keloids. You know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, like that. But um, anyway, um, I never thought about it as as being cruel. There were a number of things that were very very uh, there's types of punishment that were severe. Mm-hmm. And um, severe, that's yeah. a good word. But I, but as I got older, I realized that we hadn't we hadn't put uh, we hadn't got right with each other. So it did stalk me for many years. It doesn't anymore, but mm. but I knew that I realized that that see there was a reproach mom, mm-hmm. and I remember talking to Raymond Patterson, my dear friend, and sometimes mentor about it and how when I see things happen to young people today, he mm. meet counselors immediately go to the schools, mm-hmm. and I said, you know. For me, for us, it was like within three or four days, we was just had a new mother, my grandmother. Right. And So you go through ostensibly the most the wrenching death. loss yeah. mm-hmm. that a child can endure, losing their mother, and then just in 72 hours, boom. Yeah. You have this new severe yeah. mother. Yeah. <laughs> this new old severe yeah. mother. Yeah, everybody else has a mother <laughs> in the 20s and 30s. And my mother is sixty-five. You know. Well, tell me about your your. So fine, it, mm-hmm. I was just gonna say everything new that all my friends and classmates and churchmates were able to do, mm-hmm. given the, the the normal restrictions, mm-hmm. we couldn't do because because of the Seventh Day Adventist Church and my grandmother's age. Mm-hmm. So, and you can just pull something out of the hat, but she just clamped down on everything 
had mothers who were 25, a mother who was 30, uh, in their mid-40s. You know, they just let the children do, you know. Right, you talked about a time to to, that you could have ridden on a plane. That's right, yeah. How and did then, you get an opportunity to ride on a plane? Tell me about well, that. Well, there's an airport right out in Cahokia. Okay. It's called uh, Parks Airport. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> one day some some men and women in the neighborhood had arranged for us to go out. And some of us at a time would go up in a plane. Mm-hmm. There were black people who could, who could fly, you know. And you were in elementary during this time. Mm-hmm. Is that yours? But I turned that time all over. Um, and she said, no, if God had been for, for humans to fly, he, he gave us wings. <laughs> and so that was it. Icarus. And there were other kinds of things. Well, that's somebody that's probably David. I mm-hmm. talk to you about. Trying your cell phone yeah. and, then, and then trying your yeah. house phone. Calls from wireless callers. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. does that too. Um Reginald does and, and David. It's probably him. Well, tell know, me, this is what I want to know. Mm-hmm. As the phone is, hopefully, will stop ringing soon. Um, is there a day you left, impetuous young man? F you, grandma. I'm out of here. You'll see. Or was it just you? You slowly started finding other places to sleep more and more. And then you, what, what, what were the circumstances of you finally leaving your grandmother's house? Well, here's what came along. Like God saying more or less. <laughs> <clears throat> Ironically. <clears throat> I started babysitting. Oh, okay. At about 14. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed overnight. And then that was always an overnight. Was this for your brother's family? My brother and Eleanor. So I was the chief babysitter. Mm. My brother had seven children. So Mm -hmm. I started with Mm Daryl. Then there was Donahue. Mm -hmm. Then there was Peanuts and John. Mm -hmm. Then there was Crystal. Mm -hmm. Started to slow down then because they 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 now were getting getting old old enough. enough. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then with Lenore, it was Nene first in the mid 50s. Then it was. and, <clears throat> excuse me, but, um, so I was, uh, I started babysitting, so my last two years of high school were virtually spent, was spent at my, mm. my uh, siblings' homes, mm. Mm. and then from there, uh, I went to the Marines. Okay. Now, one year I worked, uh, selling things, and taking some classes from SIU, brand mm-hmm. new SIU and mm-hmm. East St. Louis. And then I went on into the Marine Corps. Mm. Yeah. So at a time when I was, you know, really <clears throat> testing the waters out there, mm-hmm. the babysitting job came along. And then I was also working down at the hat shop and I, uh, more or less defected from the from the Seventh Adventist Church because Saturday, Friday evening, Saturday were the big days for cleaners, the hat shops. Right, because the Seventh Day Adventists, um, Sun- their doctrine is that Saturday is the Sabbath. That's right, from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, mm-hmm. 
you do nothing in the with the world, the world right the sand. And so that cuts out all school dances. That's right. That also cuts, cuts out, out sports a- events, athletics. Now, mm-hmm. I, I did I did uh, play football and run track, but that was coming out of my, uh, you know, stand with my mm-hmm. my uh, uh, brother and sister, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> so. So that that's that's what I don't know what would have happened. I had some juvenile, maybe we'll talk about that later. But I did have a run-in with the law, mm-hmm. and I was in the workhouse in Belleville for about seven days. The reason I didn't get more time was because I had a good school record, which was because I couldn't forge my 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 grandmother's signature because it was that southern, mm-hmm. you know. Um, really uh, achingly uh, drawn out architectural kind of writing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> writing. Mm-hmm. So the younger, people had younger mothers so they could forge their mother's signatures. Right. <laughs> Not mothers trained on penmanship yeah. in Arkansas <clears throat> yeah. in 1897. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the so they had um so so that was one reason. And also, I loved school. Mm-hmm. I liked school. I did play a little hooky, but I loved school. Mm-hmm. So that was what happened. And uh, we um, actually committed a federal crime and didn't know it mm-hmm. by breaking a seal on a boxcar. Mm-hmm. Just a little tin silver seal. Mm-hmm. But that was a federal law. Mm. Yeah. So that was, uh, you know... Mm-hmm. To get some products out and sell them, you know? mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So mm. that was um, that was an interesting experience. <clears throat> and this is was at my grandmother's, you know. Mm-hmm. I was at my grandmother when that happened. So yeah, well, there's a lot, and running through that, running through that life, there's so many strands. But mm. running through that life was my development as an artist. Yes. Okay. Yes. My development mm-hmm. as a um as a fictionist, you know, mm-hmm. as a storyteller, like making things up. Mhm. And then hyperbolizing. Mhm. Uh, my development as a spokesperson. Mhm. You know, as 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 a speaker. Because I was, uh, I was an MC at talent shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, my development as a writer, where I wrote uh, doo-wop lyrics for neighborhood singing groups. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, <clears throat> my my sartorial sensibility and instinct, mm-hmm. how to put some things together, you know. Uh, as my brother would say, uh, a, a black man always keeps his sky hat and his kicks, his shoes together. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, something that you, I saw a picture of me at what, 16, 17? I got this wide brim hat and a vest over a shirt, you know, sweater vest. Mm-hmm. And at the, oh, you know, I'm kind of clean. Okay, you know. cleaner yeah. than the boy hell. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so, <clears throat> um, 
So, so those different strands or those lines, you know, mm-hmm. of development in the evolution and devolution too, because mm-hmm. you know some of the, you know, I could have, I could have really fallen off into some bad things. True words. But I understood, you know, not to touch. I didn't smoke weed. Mm-hmm. You know, occasionally I smoke a cigarette, but I didn't smoke. I didn't even drink. Mm-hmm. When I went to the Marine Corps, I had never had a drink. Mm. Yeah. Alcohol devastated the men around me. Mm. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. But I remember coming home from the Marines, <clears throat> and my brother-in-law set a beer in front of me, and my sister... Rose took it up and put a and put a glass of milk mm-hmm. and a soda, and so they had a big argument about it. Like, uh, why the, are you taking this the beer in front of me? He's a marine. He he had been a marine. Mm-hmm. He had been in the marines because mm-hmm. once you're a marine, you're never not a marine. Mm-hmm. He had been active in the marines. And that was one reason I went into the Marines, because I really admired him and, mm-hmm. you know, the way he handled himself and everything. And then, of course, he he devolved into mm-hmm. alcoholism, died of cirrhosis of the liver in his 50s, early 50s. You know, oh, wow. Gone. It said, ICD, cirrhosis of the liver, mm-hmm. poorly maintained, mm. poorly, uh, whatever, poorly maintained. That, that's mm-hmm. what the... The death certificate. Poorly managed yeah. or maintained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, and so it was like this, sitting here, like with a co- cocktail table, something in front of us. Mm-hmm. And so she said, why did you do it? He asked her why she did it. And Rose said, well, he's always, he's always drank, uh, uh, he always drank uh, milk and soda, and he always will, you know, because she was looking at him crocked. And... Um, Mm-hmm. You don't know what he he's been in he's been you know he's he's a trained killer he said he you know he's a marine and she didn't put it back I didn't want it mm-hmm. I did have a couple of drinks in the marines but I didn't so I never I didn't do that part of it mm-hmm. but it was also a training in the streets mm. I mean every possible thing you can think of from from Schaefer who who walked down the street in front of our house. Doing what we call the skag ballet, mm-hmm. and it's like they never fall. Mm-hmm. It's like this. <laughs> my dad is doing. My dad is like doing. And, he's moving almost like a rag doll. Yeah, yeah. Because he was on dope. Was he on the hair run? Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah he was. Oh. He, he was. <laughs> he was on that white girl. Okay. Uh, and uh, so that was Schaefer was one of the people, and so. You know, I saw it. I was around all of you. Mm. People shooting. I saw one of the members of Ike Town's band in the in the restroom at the hot, at the cleaner at the uh, hat shop where I work. Mm-hmm. He uh, he had a, a necktie. The end of a necktie in his mouth, mm-hmm. and this tied tied around his uh, upper arm, mm-hmm. his bicep, and and he was thumping the needle like that into you know, they thump thump thump, thump you know, because they couldn't. Apparently wouldn't take it all. Mm-hmm. And so I opened the door to go in there. The makeshift bathroom, it was just a commode mm-hmm. around which we had put some walls. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, so he looked at me 
And he said, you ain't seen shit, Little Red. You understand? You understand, Little Red? You ain't seen shit. Like, mm. quiet. Mm-hmm. So, I always, um, I saw a lot of stuff that I knew, uh, I knew to keep quiet about. You and know, you know what? That is, that's an important kind of lesson that children do internalize mm-hmm. young. Well, I'm excited to I talk to you. I knew I would you. never do it. Yes. You know, but I was going to talk about it. Yeah, well, and, I'm I'm excited yeah. to talk to you next time uh, about your maturation process into manhood. Okay. What East St. Louis taught you, what other men taught you. Um, and I'm interested in what, uh, upon on hindsight now, what you believe you were taught about gender. Yeah, and and I, I think I told you about being divergentized. Well, let's save it because yeah. that is titillating. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's what, yeah. very titillating. Yeah, and people are going, people are going to want to know. Neighbor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the memoir my dad wouldn't write. As you, as you can tell from that last little tidbit, how dare he not write a memoir? <laughs> and uh, we will see you all next time. <laughs>